is the story. I was going to wait till the till it started. It's uh, Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I cannot, I cannot make our, this guest wait because he's got to be live. He's always anchoring. He's probably already got his suit and tie on. Uh, by the way, today is the day we mentioned Common Grounds, the official coffee house of Curtis Quillen, sports director at Channel Six, and um, Curtis. Man, I, I missed you last week. We had a great little uh, had a great little outing there. A lot of people showed up out there on the patio, the back patio. So we'll do that again soon. But uh, this is an exciting weekend. Baylor goes to TCU, and who knows what's going to happen with that? We'll wait on that, though. We'll wait on that. We'll discuss that, and we of course we have to kind of discuss your pokes because oh, even though you have doubted these guys like crazy. Here they are. I mean, they're still kind of hanging in there, and we're about to have that stretch run. I love seeing it. That you're the the Pokes are eleven, my Bears are twelve, uh, OU at eight. I mean, it's just everybody's bunched up there together, and it's like a three. I mean, think about that. It's like a kind of a three way uh, uh, contest. It's about to happen. Obviously, Baylor's already lost Oklahoma State, but both those teams, both Baylor and Oklahoma State still have Oklahoma to play. So we've got a lot of cool stuff ahead as we talk some bedlam. All right, uh, but let's first off start with this is, okay, I got a little ahead of myself today because my one of my favorite high schools is we already got our playoff assignment for, for next weekend, and we play South Grand Prairie in a, in a matchup and get to play at, ho- at home. But I want to know kind of, I want you to break down a little bit with playoff implications and then just maybe a couple of games, Curtis, that are happening tonight that you have your eye on that you're kind of excited about. So this is I'm going to be very, very transparent with you, Matt. This okay. is the worst week 11 slate that I've seen since I've been working in, in, in this area. <laughs> so many of the districts are already decided. So many of the district yeah. champions are already crowned. There's really only two districts, maybe three, that have really any kind of true playoff play-in games. And, you know, the most interesting one to me is District 12-2A Division 1. Our game of the week is Holland at Thrall. Holland's in. They're not going to miss the playoffs if they lose this game. However, if Holland wins, it is the district champion. If Holland loses, then it is the number four seed. So there's wow. really no in-between. Thorndale is locked into the number three. Hearn is either going to be the two or the one, as long as Hearn beats Moody, which I, I don't I, – I like Coach uh, I like Coach Judd, but I think Moody's overmatched in that one, and I don't think that I'm really breaking any news. So we're going to operate on the assumption that Hearn beats <laughs> Moody tonight. As long as Hearn wins, it's either going to be the number two with a Holland win or the number one with a Thrall win. So then you look at Thrall on the other side of our game of the week, hosting Holland tonight. If Thrall wins, it is in, it is the number two seed, and that is it. No other game in the district matters at that point. If Holland beats Thrall, then Rosebud Lott is in with a win, or is in with a win at Bruce Villetti, or Thrall is in as the number four if Bruce Villetti upsets Rosebud Lott. So you got wow. a whole bunch. The only team that knows what seed it is next week 
is the Thorndale Bulldogs because they are sitting at home tonight with a Week 11 bye. The Week 11 bye. Now, that is interesting. I would think a late bye is something a coach wouldn't mind at all. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not bad. Those, those are very interesting. And, boy, with Thrall and Holland, I'm always looking for the game, you know, I want to – a ten, but that sounds that sounds kind of fun. Now, have have you started to take a peek at some of the? I mean, some of these things are already set. You know, I mentioned that Lake Highlands in South Grand Prairie in Class Six A are going to hook them up next Friday night at Wildcat Ram Stadium. Okay, uh, and, and and you know, I I kind of have a feel where my Kaufman Lions are heading next weekend. What are some of the matchups? in that first round that are starting to kind of come together for you? I mean, most for the most part, it's the 6A matchups, right? Because 11 and 12, 6A are already set. Temple's yeah. hosting Waxahachie. Brian's going to Cedar Hill. That's 6A Division two. 6A yes. Division one. Your, your number one seed from District 12 is the second-place team. Well, your number two seed from District 11 is also the second-place team. So they have to play on a neutral. So Thursday night at 7, we get Parker Heights-Duncanville. Or excuse me, not Harker Heights, Duncanville, Hiker Harker Heights, DeSoto, which is yeah. a really yeah. tantalizing matchup when you think about how good this Harker Heights team is and how good this DeSoto team is. And so you have that one as your as your uh, number one seed from District 12. Your number two seed in Division One from District 12 is the Belton Tigers. And so they will head to Duncanville next week. And so those are the big ones that we know are already set. Um you know, realistically versus mathematically, we kind of know where everybody's going to finish in District 9, 4A Division 2. But, you know, if Connolly pulls the upset of China Spring tonight and doesn't let the Cougars finish their 10-0 regular season, then we go into a three-way tie scenario. It goes to points, and, you know, every district is so different in how they revert back to head-to-head or don't. And so there's a lot of interesting stuff there should Connolly pull the upset at that point um but really it, the only the biggest headline in that district matt is and this is a lot more simple gatesville is in the playoffs with a win robinson is in with a win and a gatesville loss gatesville's at gerald that's the game i'll be at tonight robinson hosts salado so that's a really tall task for the rockets but yeah you know, like we said that game doesn't – it's kind of like the 2A district. That game doesn't matter if Gatesville wins because then the Hornets are in. The other really interesting situation when you look at the playoff spot, and this is a really long way to say I've mostly been looking at who needs to get onto the bracket. Yeah. Riesel and Buffalo tonight. If the Indians mm. win, they're in, and it's that, it's that cut and dry. However, if Buffalo wins, then the Bison are in with a win and a Florence – loss and a Clifton loss because going into this week, Matt, not one team has been eliminated from the playoff in district 13, three, a division two. We could see a four way tie scenario at which point I'm just going to let the district figure it out and let them tell me who is in, because I'm not going to try and sit there and map out all of those different tiebreakers. Um, because if Clifton upsets Lexington, Florence upsets Rogers and Buffalo beats, resold then you have four teams finishing with an identical district record so that's an interesting one although the way i wow. think that district's going to play out tonight is really cut and dry it's winning in resold versus buffalo 
Riesel, okay, yeah, Bison, Indians, okay, I'm, I'm liking all that, and I'm loving Rosebud Lot, got some uh, uh, families that we love from Rosebud Lot area, the uh, Holshers, the uh, the Mariks, the Mar- Mariks, um, it's great, uh, kind of a great Czech population out there, um, okay, good, I, that's a really good overview of what we kind of have coming up, and then once playoffs start, that's where it's going to get very, very exciting. All right, the Bears go up to Fort Worth. And I got to say, Curtis, I don't know how many times you've made that trip. I've had some bad experiences there in Fort Worth. Love Fort Worth. In fact, Curtis, for you and your uh, your uh, fiancé, I've got a – there's a new boutique uh, hotel down in the uh, – uh, down in the um, – Oh, Cowtown, whatever they call it, Stockyards, that you guys would love. Like, you should make a weekend out of it. I'll, I'll get the name of that place and tell you. But this game scares the, the – I mean, it's really scaring me. Now, the line has settled in at six. I don't think Vegas knows what to do with this because you have possibly – you either have an emotional team willing to kind of honor its coach – or you have a team that's going to just lay down and emotionally flat. I, there's really nothing in between. Um, right. Curtis, do you have any feel for this thing? The only, I, I have the same feel for this as Vegas does at this point, Matt, and that's that this has every red flag that you look for and every marker you look for in a trap game. A team that's in control, that is essentially in control of its own destiny, you beat everybody on your schedule, you're in the Big 12 title game plain and simple, uh, from this point to the end of the season, going to a team that lost its head coach is probably going to wind up going and cleaning out the entire coaching staff at the end of the season. Um, You'll probably see a lot of guys go into the portal. And so, like you said, do they respond and play for uh, Jerry Kill the way that we saw USC play for Ed Orgeron or Clay Helton when they were the interim out there at USC? Or do we kind of see them do, you know, kind of like a what a – I'm trying to think. Did Kansas have games left on the schedule when they got rid of David Beatty for less miles? Because I, I just – I feel like they would have laid down at that point. But, you know, mm-hmm. what, what TCU team is going to show up? Because we know what Baylor's going to do. Baylor's going to run the football. Baylor's going to defend. Well, you also have to remember that this is a rivalry game where throw what you know about football out the window. Because I was there in 2017 – when these teams got chippy on the sideline and we had, what did the big, I think the big 12 called it a brawl. Um, And then in 2019, I was there for that triple overtime game where there was not a single touchdown until overtime. And so, you know, that's one of the beauties of rivalry games is what's going to, what's TCU going to do? Because I think that's what's going to determine this game. And so, you know, maybe, maybe we see Dave Aranda do something different at the coin toss as a visiting team this week and try to, you know, get the ball and just get a quick start or kind of save the ball for the third quarter and just build some momentum at that point. I don't know what he's going to do because I think he's yeah. probably looking at it and going, I don't know what TCU is going to do. Yeah, I thought that was interesting what he said about the TCU coaching staff. He paid them the ultimate compliment and basically said, hey, they were mm-hmm. a step ahead of me all, all, you know, all game last year. And, uh, and that was true. But Baylor was completely outclassed last season when TCU came in. Uh, and, and TCU's won 
I, I want to say, what, five out of the last six? I mean, Gary's had a good run. I think he's 9-4 and four, uh, against the Bears over the past however many seasons. So this, um, this is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, it is Curtis Quillen. Last one I have for you, Curtis. Y'all, the uh, Pokes, your alma mater, going to West Virginia. Uh, y'all are favored by three and a half. This has been a team that you've had a hard time trusting. They've given you, um, I think, a lot of reasons to be proud. I really do. I, I think this has been a good Gundy team um, and, and a really, really fine defense. Do you trust them on the road against West Virginia? I just remember every time I've trusted this team on the road at West Virginia. My freshman year, they lost. My senior year, it went to overtime, both times in Morgantown, and both times Oklahoma State was very clearly at the end of the season the much, much, much better football team. Of course, that was the Dana Holgerson era there in Morgantown. Look, at some point, you are what your record says you are, right? Like 7-1, and one, your only loss is on the road in Ames, a stadium that, just like Morgantown for the Pokes, gives you a lot of, a lot of issues historically – Spencer Sanders just basically needs to take care of the football, and I think Malcolm Rodriguez and Colby Harville Peel on the defensive side will be able to take care of business from the, for the rest of the way for the Oklahoma State defense. This is, a, I think, on paper, but again, this is why they play the game, to quote Herm Edwards, uh, on paper, this Oklahoma State team should be able to overpower West Virginia. We'll see if that's the case. And In order to do that, it's going to take the defense tackling and doing the things that it does well, which it has done every week, even in that loss to Iowa State but it's going to require that the offense be consistent, patient, and take care of the football limit turnovers. I do like OSU to win this game. And like I said, as much as I didn't trust this team for the longest time, Matt, at some point you are what your record says you are. And Oklahoma State's a 7-1 ball club. All right. He said it. He said it. He's starting to believe, almost like a Ted Lasso-type believe. He's going to reach up there, (laughs) touch the sign, and there it is. All right, hope to see you in Fort Worth. I will see you soon, no matter what. Curtis Quillen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Matt. Have a good weekend. You too. There he goes.